Hey friends, it's your friend Mike here. Let me crawl deep inside those ears of yours for a little bit. Alright, so first of all, thank you for listening and uh, glad you're here. Hope this finds you at a good time in life. If not, keep your head up. Keep going, it'll get better. Uh, so I want to thank everybody who's left a iTunes review. Uh, we don't have any this week but if you guys could review it on iTunes uh, just go to your Apple podcast app and you search your friend Mike and it'll say leave a review uh, much appreciated it's hard to grow these things so let's spread the word and we're gonna pick up when I lived in Arizona and shit gets a little crazy so uh, Living in Arizona and kind of in and out of living in the van, living in shelters, stuff like that. And at this point, now I know my mom has kind of found this older gentleman. He's probably in his late 60s. Uh, old, short guy, all white hair. I remember he had super thick hair for being an old guy. Uh, fenced in backyard in some some place in Phoenix and I remember my mom leaving one night and she said she'd be back but she didn't come back you know two three days and then I remember me and Phil sleeping in this sleeping in this room and there's helicopters shining you know flying overhead sirens going off everywhere and you know they're shining their lights in the guy's yard all over the neighborhood obviously looking for for someone or something and I remember falling asleep that night just worried you know about if they're looking for a criminal if they're looking for you know whatever the case is and you know as a little kid all you know is that when the lights on a helicopter are flowing, uh, something bad's happening. So I had a hard time falling asleep that night. It was probably the, the third or fourth day without hearing from my mom. And, you know, I'm not 100% worried because it's happened before. And <clears throat> so go to bed, wake up, play in the backyard. You know, this guy's giving us some food, so everything's good. But there's something weird about him. He's a little bit off. Uh, and I don't know exactly what it is, but at this point, my instincts for people are highly tuned. And I just know something isn't 100% right about this situation. So, you know, I ignore that feeling for a little bit. And... Then, about a weekend, I am getting ready to go to bed, falling asleep. I remember holding uh, a pillow and pretending it, pretending it's my mom, and just you know, just lonely and not exactly sure what to what to think of it or what to do. Uh, and then finally, I fall asleep. I fall asleep. And in the middle of the night, I wake up, and 
I don't know why I woke up, just one of those feelings. And I woke up, and this guy is standing at the foot of my bed. Just looking at me. And I pretend that I didn't wake up. I just opened my eyes a little bit, and I see him just standing there, staring at me and Phil. So I don't know exactly what to think of this. I just know it's really weird and creepy. Um, and then he walk, and then he walks out of the room. Uh, next morning, wake up, and I tell Phil, "We gotta get out of here." So we went. To a park, we're just playing in the park all day. All day long, we're just playing, playing tag, playing basketball, whatever the case is in this park. And uh, we got hungry, so we decided to go back to the to the house for a minute and see if we could get some food. Uh, I wasn't exactly sure when or how we we're gonna leave, but I just knew that we had to leave. And at that time, so we get we get back. We ask for some lunch, and uh, he hasn't he doesn't have anything to eat right at the time ready. So I ask him if he's heard from my mom, and he said, "Yeah, uh, she called last night to check on you guys, but uh, he heard someone slap her and get off the phone." And I asked, like, what do you mean? She's like, yeah, she was, you know, she she was talking to me, and then I heard some guy yelling at her in the background, and then I heard someone hit her, and then uh, the phone hung up. And he tried calling back the number, and nobody answered. So now I'm really panicking because, you know, I don't know what happened to my mom. Uh and as a little kid, just you know, you just kind of move on. You, you worry. I just remember the feeling of feeling kind of helpless. You know, supposed to be the man of the house, right? Stepdad said I'm in charge, but my mom is running off and getting slapped up by her supposed friends. But <laughs> we all know better than that. And so, after hearing that. I felt on my own. Time to take action, right? Okay. After we get something to eat, we go back to the park. It's in the early evenings. And as the sun goes down, it's starting to go down and down and down. All the kids are left the park. Uh, I remember someone asking uh, asking me, you know, where are your parents? Oh, I said, oh, yeah, uh, they're right, right around the corner. And I pretended to leave the park so that... So they didn't call the cops or, like, report us, you know, as not having parents, whatever the case is. Basically, at that moment, I decided I'm not going back to that creepy dude's house. And Phil says he doesn't remember this. I've talked to him about it a couple times, but I decided we're going to sleep in the, we're going to sleep in the park. We've done it before, not a big deal. So as as it gets darker and darker, you know, it's getting a little bit chilly. 
so I decide we're gonna sleep in the tube slide. You know those those slides that are shaped, you know, like a hollow tube. You go down them, whatever the case is. This one had a curve at the very end, so we decided to to stay there for the night. And I remember Phil just, you know, worried. Where's mom? Uh, I, you know, I didn't want to lie to him. I just said, I don't know, but we're gonna be okay either way. So, and I remember one, at one point in the evening, a bunch of teenagers or I don't know, seemed like men to me, coming through the park and just talking crazy like, oh yeah, fuck these people, fuck that. Oh, we're gonna get them, fuck that. I'm gonna, you know. They're not going to live to see the next day, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, oh, shit. And like, great, you know, <laughs> two little white boys and there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of <laughs> shady characters hanging out in the park. And they're like within, you know, 15, 20 feet of us. So I just tell Phil, shh, quiet. You know, we got to be smart here. And then eventually uh, they left. I was able to get a few hours of sleep. Woke up to kids playing in the park, and we just woke up and started playing again. So it's kind of like we slept on, uh, <laughs> slept on the same place that uh, that we play. So you know, as soon as the day gets going, you don't worry anymore. You just play, 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 play. And uh, but at this time, played all the way through the day, and uh, I refused. I didn't want to stay at that park anymore. I didn't feel like it was safe. So we walk a few blocks down to this little section. There's like a wooded area, and it's right behind this grocery store. And so we meet this this uh, this homeless guy back there. He has this little fire. He's all by himself. You know, all his clothes are all busted up. You know, look like he hasn't had a shower in about two years. I just remember he stunk like crazy, but he never really said a word. But I could tell he was he was he was welcoming, and you know we're just hanging out in the area. But he he invited us in, you know, and didn't really say much. He just kind of sat there, just real weird. But it was also peaceful. Like I I could tell that he had no he had no bad intentions. So we hang out with him all day. Not necessarily talking to him or anything, but just in the area. Just in the area, hanging out. And then we see some we see some kids hanging out behind the grocery store. And they have, uh, you know, they're eating all kinds of, like, snacks and, you know, <laughs> Little Debbies and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, somehow we ended up talking to those kids. And they told us that... Every day, this grocery store throws out all their groceries that expired the day before. So one day expired bread, you know, all this stuff. So we load up, get some, I think we got some pizzas, we got all kinds of stuff. And we bring it to this old dude, and we start, we start cooking what we can on the fire, and just just happy to have food, and we felt like we struck, <laughs> struck a... You know, found a a, tre- a treasure tre- chest of food, and life's good, right? 
you kind of forget about the stress that you have going on in my in the life and you just focus on you know the here and now and so this goes on for I think just one one or two nights and I remember trying to smoke my first cigarette <laughs> you know there's a we found like a match and we found some like old cigarettes and I took one I remember I took one puff <coughs> I was coughing tastes like shit I was like why would I ever do that again you know and it makes me it makes me laugh because <laughs> when people first start smoking it doesn't taste good <laughs> you know it like most likely it makes them cough mouth tastes like shit and then for some reason people just keep doing it until they enjoy it so I, I never understood that but obviously Phil did and uh, I'm pretty sure he still smokes to this day I don't I don't know how that happened but it's funny how life works anyway so loving life right getting food and then one day all the fun stops we go to the little little dumpster area that's kind of connected to the building like kind of coming out of the building and they they I don't know if they like welded it or they they sealed up that little hole that we used to get the food from and this is depressing right because I was like our our lifeline for the time and you know I've just felt this overwhelming like sadness I don't know why but I think it was because you know I was we were able to get some food we we're bringing it to this old dude that I felt like you know was kind of like a safety blanket for us he's an older older guy I could tell he's a gentle soul uh, you know I could tell that if something went down he would have our back so I felt good about bringing the food to him and sharing it with him even though he, this guy literally probably said five words to me at this point so I come back after I figure out that I can't get into the dumpster anymore and uh, I'm just feeling sad and for some reason he said you know what's wrong what happened what's wrong and I don't know how he knew this but I because I didn't say anything I was just kinda quiet and I didn't have any food with me so maybe that was the clue but I just said to him you know I can't I can't get anymore and and he he looked at me and he was confused I don't think he understood what I was talking about and I said I just can't do it I can't I can't get any more food and then he looked at me for a second and I could tell he was about to say something but I didn't know like what he was saying or what he was thinking I was like hmm and I sat there and then probably 10 or 15 seconds went by of pure silence and I started to relax and then out of nowhere don't you ever say that I was like holy shit and this guy like looked like he was gonna kill me and you know as a little kid I'm just like freaking out I'm like oh shit time to go and I said okay I just said okay because I was like okay sorry and he's like do you know why I'm homeless 
And as a little kid, I'm just thinking, no idea. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a common scene in the area. <laughs> like, uh, I said, no, because, you know, because you don't have a home. And he said, no, because I chose drugs and alcohol over my wife, over my family, over my business. And as soon as I quit feeling sorry for myself, I'm going to get them all back. I said, okay. And, you know, at this point, I'm a little freaked out because this guy, like, basically screamed at me and he looked like he was going to, like, tear my head off. So, me and Phil go wandering off. You know, I think we went and played or distracted ourselves or something. Probably sharpened some sticks and, <laughs> you know, played knife fight. We used to, like, try to stab each other with sticks. And <clears throat> at the moment, I had no idea if I ever wanted to see that guy again. <laughs> and so somehow, later that day, or the, yeah, it must have been later that day, we go wandering back to the creep's house, the creepy old dude. And there is my mama's van in the in his driveway. So we go running up, go run up to the door, go you know, knocking on the door, and she's just in panic mode. She's like, Where were you? You know, and the guy's like the old guy's like, Where'd you go? Where'd you go? Blah 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 blah. You know, just worried that we were gone and they didn't know where we were. And I just said, we were camping, you know, camping like you taught us, Mom. <laughs> I was obviously glad to see her and everything. And uh, But later that night, she pulls me into the van. And she tells me uh, that she's sorry, but she doesn't have any, she doesn't have any gifts. And the Easter Bunny didn't come because he's not real. And I had no idea. I had no idea it was Easter. And, you know, she's like, I'm sorry, Easter's not real. Mom screwed up. We don't have any money. Uh, don't tell Phil. But, you know, the reason there's no gifts is because I screwed up. I spent all the money and the Easter Bunny's not real. And I remember her crying like crazy in the van. I think it was more so like the overwhelm that uh, she knew she knew in her heart that she was messing up and that she was in a bad place, hanging out with the wrong people, controlling her, and, you know, that's just hindsight looking back. But she's really emotional, and she wanted me to know that uh, she's sorry and she loves me and that uh, that she wasn't in a good place right now. And Easter Bunny's not real. And she's sorry. But later on that day, we went to a park, had Easter candy hunt in that same park we've been playing at. There was all kinds of candy in the park left over that the kids didn't find, so me and Phil went to town. Uh, and so we get in the van, and we head off back to Van Buren. I don't know why I remember that street so much, but I just remember this. Drug dealers everywhere. People fighting at liquor stores all the time, and just crazy little area in Phoenix. Uh, so later that night, as we're sleeping in the van, she tells me that she's gonna find a way to get us out of here. 
And I would thought she was just thinking, you know, like out of the, <laughs> out of the neighborhood, uh, out of the van. I don't know. But uh, <clears throat> we didn't eat that night, and I remember she called Collect, my auntie Bev. And I thought this is my 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 rich aunt because she had a house. <laughs> uh, funny how perspective is. People are rich if they have a place to live. And I remember she's on the payphone, and me and Phil are just hanging out by her, and she just she just beat down. She's crying on the phone. I can tell you know she hasn't been getting a lot of sleep. She has a black eye, all kinds of craziness, and you know. After the call, she says, Auntie's going to come and get you. I was like, okay. It sounds good to me. <laughs> and so we later that night, we go to sleep. We're sleeping in the van still. And the next morning, she says, okay, Auntie's on the way. And she'll be coming to get you soon. And then... I don't know what we did that day. Probably just the same old routine. But I just remember that the day that my aunt came, my mom said, you know what, I'm going to make sure you have a meal before we go. And she, quote, went and helped the truckers unload their stuff. I think we all know what happened there. And she brought us to this fast food place. I'm pretty sure it's Arby's. Because I remember curly fries, but I remember just digging in and eating like crazy. And, you know, having a, a meal and understanding that, you know, my aunt's coming to get me and, like, I don't know if things are going to get better or worse. But then during that meal, she tells me that she's not coming with. Is that when my aunt gets there, just me and Phil are going back with, with my aunt back to Minnesota. So I'm trying to process all this, but at the same time, I'm just grubbing down on this food. <laughs> and and now, as an adult, I I know why I love food so much. You know, especially if I if I start getting depressed or if I'm like having a hard time. Like there's an emotional attachment to food that I didn't realize came from that very moment, right? My mom trying to show me love, and she did it through food. You know, food and closeness. And, you know, it all makes sense now. Like, because when I get depressed, man, I go crazy on the food. <laughs> uh, funny how that works. All right, so, hey, thanks for being here. You know, I know I'm sharing a lot of stuff with you, but... It means a lot to me. Not only is it helping me process all this information, but I'm, I'm hoping at some point, so once we get through all these years of my younger life, we can start talking about you know stuff today and what's really going on. Reach out to me. Use the hashtag your friend Mike. I looked at the the hashtag my friend Mike, and there's all kinds of crazy stuff. So let's just keep it your friend Mike. Hashtag your friend Mike. Give me give me a, a what's up. Let me know that you're listening. And uh, we'll go from there. But next time, we're on the way back to Minnesota. Okay? And 
some more, you know, more lonely nights and stuff like that. But I'll see you next time. I got some things to do. So enjoy your day. Thank you for being here, guys. And girls. <laughs> Bye.